Hallelujah. I think we're going to talk about lavishly extravagant Father God. It is my goal today to shepherd our hearts into a deep and intimate relationship unto fellowship with Father God through Jesus Christ. The goal of today is to shepherd our hearts into a deeper and more intimate relationship with Father God. How many of you say that would be a good idea? Amen. Jesus came to reveal, reveal Father God to us, and I want to take a little bit of time and magnify him for us today and talk about his redeeming love, because most people have the wrong idea of who Father God is. It's kind of twisted. A wrong idea of Father God is often created out of the failures of earthly fathers, which are projected onto Father God. And in contrast to that, Father God is perfect love. Would you just say that way? Father God is perfect love. Father God is perfect love. Now, today I would like to take a hammer and a chisel of God's Word, and uh, by the power and help of the Holy Spirit, we want to uh, chip away at the false concept of Father God that's in your mind. We want to chip away at that. So I want to ask you to do your best to set aside your preconceived ideas of who Father God is, suspend, if possible, the hurts of the past of some imperfect father who may have let you down or abandoned you in some way, and I'm calling on your spirit to receive truth about him and to renew, to, that you can be renewed and restored, re revived and replenished. And so we're going to put up a first scripture here. James 1, 17 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good and perfect gift. Um, <clears throat> I had a struggle. Uh, one time, uh, Heather pointed out, she says, Honey, how come you never celebrate birthdays? I went, yeah, I have a struggle. I, uh, way back, I had a struggle celebrating birthdays. And uh, she said, why is that? And I said, I'll, I'll pray and ask God. So I prayed. And the Holy Spirit took me to the moment of a, of a birthday when I was little. And on that birthday, I had a, a level of uh, almost euphoric love and joy in me. Because, I thought it was because uh, my friends that, were, that didn't know each other, they were there with me. And I, I was happy that they got to see each other. And I was just so filled up, so filled up. I was filled up, majorly filled up. And I was enjoying this birthday. And then my earthly dad came in the room and said something to me that shut my emotions completely off, embarrassed me in front of my friends, and it was gone. The earthly dad came in and caused me to have a wound over my birthday, or during my birthday. So for me, from then on, birthdays were not important anymore. Now, the Lord took me back to that moment. My Father God took me back to that moment. And he said this. Listen to this. Every good and perfect gift. He said this. Do you remember that euphoric sense of love? I said, yes. He said, before you knew me, I was celebrating your birthday. And that love you felt that day was from me. 
There were some other things he did along the way, but the Father God said, I'm going to redeem your birthday because he probably saw the negative thing coming, and he knew one day Heather would say, Honey, what's wrong with you? And then he said, It was me. It was me. I poured my love into you celebrating your birthday that day. It was me celebrating you. That's what, and I distinctly remember it was an unusual sense of fullness and joy. Before I knew the Lord, I was experiencing his perfect love for me. Before I knew him, he was loving me. And before... You knew him. He was loving you. And you can think of, you can ask him, show me. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Father God will take you to moments where a good and perfect gift came into your life. And it was no other explanation. It could have been a beautiful day and you can't even explain how wonderful and splendorous and all the things. And it was Father God loving you before you ever knew him caring about you, cherishing you. He has never stopped loving you, and he's never changed his perfect idea about who you are to him. So let's take a few little looks at some scriptures to chip away at this. Uh, the Lord, I'm praying the Lord just open your eyes. Look at this, 1 Peter 1, 3. God initiated your salvation in Christ. Look at this. Everybody say the first line underlined. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is the covenantal name of who Jesus Christ is, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is his covenantal name as he is who he is to the world and to all who come to him. I am the God and Father of, our Lord, of your Lord Jesus Christ. He says, watch this, according to whose? His, God and Father's great mercy. Whose great mercy? Who is he? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus. His great mercy. Most of us read that and we go right to Jesus. It was Jesus' great mercy. No, it's Father God's great mercy. And he calls the, he says, according to that, he, Father God, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 1.3. Everybody do it again. Blessed be what? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's see who he is. He's the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Chip, chip, chip. If you don't have Father God in your mind as the God of all comfort, let's take this chisel and hammer and chip away at anything that's not comfort to you from a father and get rid of it. He's the father of mercies. Every wonderful, merciful thing that you've encountered is from Father God. Amen. All comfort flows from him. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Here it is again. Who what? Has blessed us with, in, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. All good things come from his realm to us and they're initiated by Father God. Ephesians 1.17, Let the God of... Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Um, I was praying with a, a certain person not too long ago, and they had actually taken 
the failures of their earthly father and they'd place them on God. And there was this disconnect from Father God. And the, the eyes of this person opened up and they saw that they were basically accusing Father God of the failures of their earthly dad. And they moved into a state of repentance. And they said to him, Father God, I'm so sorry that I have taken the failures of my earthly dad and placed them on you. It's disconnected me from you. It's held me back from receiving your love. And as they repented, something changed. It's like a boulder had moved off of their heart, and they begin to encounter the love from the Father. How many of you need that kind of thing? And I want you to know that this is completely available to us because it is Father God who is the blesser of your life. It's, the, it's Father God. It's Father God. It's the lavish, extravagant love comes from Father God. I'm so excited. I feel like I have a jetpack. And I could spin around and fly around the room yelling, Father God, Father God, like an angel, just around, holy, holy, holy. Listen, now I want to make a couple of little points, and then we'll get on to the next part. Second uh, Timothy 6, uh, 16 says, referring to Father God, who alone is immort- uh, has immortality. The word immortal, this is definitely talking about Father God. Why? Because Jesus became immortal. Jesus became a man and died. So this is only referring to Father God, who dwells in unapproachable light. Jesus came and came to earth so we could see him, but Father God is in inapproachable light, and you can't see him. And it says, who no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Now, I don't know. I guess I'm going to get emotional. Okay, next verse. Revelation 21.3, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. There is coming a time when he will step out of unapproachable light, And we'll get to see the dad of the universe. And to dwell with him who Jesus came to represent to us. And he, the father, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. And neither shall be their mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Father God, wipe away every tear. The Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, whom Jesus came to represent. Jesus came and represented him so beautifully, he said, I and the Father are one. Remember when Jesus was walking, uh, you know, when he come up out of the waters, being baptized by John the Baptist, and the Father speaks out of heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Why? Because he came to represent the heart and the character of Father God so beautifully. And he said, uh, Philip said, well, gosh, you know, when are you going to show us the Father? And Jesus looked at Philip and says, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so... 
I think I put this one over John 5, 19. Let's just say it. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. So I want to tell you that not only did Jesus model the heart and character, but there's something else, and we often miss this. We really miss this part. Jesus also modeled for us perfect submission to the Father. For us, perfect submission to the Father. Perfect submission to the Father releases the fulfillment of our destiny. Perfect submission to the Father is what the gospel is all about. Delighting in the Father's love and enjoying relationship with him is the goal to, that we all come to know through Jesus. And now look at this. That living in unbroken unity with the Father is not only about your eternal destiny, but is the very source of your heart's contentment, happiness, fulfillment, and purpose. Your and my relationship with Father, God, is all about the fulfillment of who he made you, his child, to be in relating to him as a father. So, of course, if anyone understands Father God, it's Jesus because all of his contentment, happiness, fulfillment, and purpose were released through intimate union with Father God. Jesus even said, whoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother, my sister, and mother. So now Jesus is inviting us to walk in the will of God the same way he did. And it's this, knowing God's will flows out of fellowship with the Father God. Hello? I'm just kind of, look, these are mega concepts, and I'm just, I don't want you to, you know, this is like shoving a big, uh, like, like one of, uh, a triple-decker Five Guys burger down your throat. Okay. Chew. Chew fast. This is weighty stuff. Most people miss this. They go their whole life angry inside at Father God for something somebody did wrong to them. A waste of life, a waste of life, that the intimacy and all the union, if you could walk with unbroken union, just Jesus did with Father God, your life will be fulfilled. There will be, let me just tell you, a pure conscience, a clean conscience will cause you to sleep better than a soft pillow. Because walking with Father God gives you the sense of assurance, sense of depth of, of care about who you, your whole being if you had a grumpy old man and you think God's a grumpy old man, repent. Repent of the foolish idea that he's not perfect in every way. Get rid of that. Being under his authority in perfect submission is the joy of our life. What was her name? Uh, Fanny Crosby. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior 
all the day long. So I want to establish for you and me the fundamental way the needs of the human heart for love, fulfillment, and purpose are discovered is within an intimate union with Father God through Jesus Christ. The ultimate way, everybody say it, just read that out loud. The ultimate way, the fundamental way, the needs of the human heart for love, fulfillment, and purpose are discovered is within an intimate union with Father God through Jesus Christ. This is so important. If I could somehow put it in some kind of, make you know it. Now watch this. Outside of an intimate union with Father God, there are two basic ways that people try to find happiness and fulfillment, just two. And it's in the story of these, the parable of these two lost sons. It's, somebody misnamed it years ago and called it the parable of the prodigal son. It's really about both of them. One way of seeking happiness and fulfillment outside of intimate union with Father is seen through the elder brother. And that way is called moral conformity. He wants the Father's wealth without the Father's love and the elder brother is trying to earn it by being extremely good. And he's angry. Why is he angry? Because of his brother. The other brother is seeking happiness and fulfillment outside of the intimate union with father. And is seen, um, that way is seen through the younger brother is the way of self-discovery. You got moral conformity versus self-discovery. He wants the father's wealth without the father's love and he tries to find himself by being bad. Extremely good, bad. So let's go and look at it. He said, Jesus said, watch this now. Jesus is talking. He's talking to who? He's talking to a group of people. Who's in the group of people? Pharisees and tax collectors too. You got the guys on both ends. You people, you, 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 anyway, so he says, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that's coming to me, and he divided the property between them. This word for property here, the last one, is the word life. It's the word life. In other words, now here's what this means. Everybody like, look up here. This is what this means. The father's livelihood was made off of that land. And when his younger son wanted his inheritance, it required the father to sell a third of the land. This was massively outrageous to the listeners. They couldn't even believe it. Now what this means is two-thirds go to the elder son. Let me just say this in advance. When the younger son comes back, he's humble. He wants to be a servant. His father re-makes him a son in the family. Do you know what that just did? It cost the older brother. They're going to now take a third, not only a third of the whole, but now another third of his two-thirds. So he's ticked. So when you ask your inheritance of your father in that day before your father is dead, it's just paramount to saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. So this is all that's in this story. It's pretty heavy. So the father does it. Now, many days later, the son gathered, all he took, you know, gathered it all together, went off for a far journey, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country and sent him to feed, uh, 
to the fields to feed pigs, and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. And when he came to himself, how many, um, he said, how many of the uh, father's hired hands have uh, more than enough bread and perish with hunger, and I will rise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Everybody say humility. Humility. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, bring the best robe. What best robe? Best robe was the father's robe. Put, on, put it on and put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Very seldom was a feast like this done. Feasts, you didn't bring out a fatted calf hardly ever. So this is a big, massive deal, massive deal. And this is what he's heralding for. He says, and they want to celebrate. And he says, for this, my son was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. Now, see, the younger brother chose the way of self-discovery, and this is the way of self-discovery. I am the only one who can decide what is right and wrong for me. I'm going to live as I want to live and find my true self and happiness that way. Right? I mean, he, and he crashed morally. He came home, and his way of seeking self-discovery outside of knowing the love of the Father did not work. Now, his older son was in the field, and he came, and he drew near the house, and he heard the music and dance, and he called on one of the servants and asked what it meant. And he said, your brother has come, and your father's killed the fatted calf because he received him back safe and sound, and he was angry and refused to go in. Why was he angry? I already said, follow the money. Now he's got less inheritance, and he was being extremely good so that he could get the father's wealth, never having the pleasure of the father's love. I want to go ahead and tell you right here. Why do many people leave the church? Because a bunch of elder brothers are running it. A bunch of legalistic people who misrepresent the heart of God, who do not know the God, and they're trying to please God. I'm going to tell you something. When you try and try and treat, you get this attitude about, I have obeyed you, you owe me. And it comes, and when you don't get what you think you needed to get out from being so perfect all the time in your mind, you end up with a secret life of sin somewhere else. You end up being both brothers. You end up, you, that's why so many are caught doing all kinds of things. Because it's not the heart of the Father. They're not living under the submission of the Father and enjoying the presence of the Father and knowing it's all for the Father. And if you're trying to be morally conform to some law you're thinking you're your own savior Jesus is the only savior you can't do it and you'll get discouraged and turn into the other son it's one or the other both of them don't work they're both wrong I kind of jumped ahead I think I need to He says, look, all these, many years I've served you. I've never disobeyed your command. You never gave me a young goat that I can celebrate with my friends. And this son of yours, he devoured the property with prostitutes. He killed the cat and calf. And, and son, you've always been with me. And all that is mine is yours. But his heart wasn't with his father. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For your brother was dead. And now he's alive. The elder, the, the moral conformity person says, I'm not going to do what I want to do but what tradition and community wants me to do. You'll see this theme all through life. 
So the older son is not only selfish, he's self-righteous. He's selfish and self-righteous. The other one's just plain old selfish. But both of them, you can have a person over here who is who just totally hates everything to do with whatever that moral stuff is. I'm going to go find myself and, and go off into the world. And then they'll end up being as religious about that. They'll have the older brother tendencies and reject these people and be just full of hate. I'll tell you, it's just Jesus actually gave us a microcosm of the whole macrocosm of all everything that works out here because it was, the un, it was the broken fellowship with the Father that sent him off into these paths. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Obeying the rules, I deserve a good life, whatever. I want to get to this part here. Because they don't see their, uh, they don't see their self-righteousness. But I have a lot here, but I'm going to... Both brothers believed that it was wealth, not the love of the Father, that would make them happy and fulfilled, and both are wrong. Now, I want to uh, jump ahead and hear. Now, let's listen to the gospel. Are you ready? Buckle up. This is the beauty of who Jesus is. There's a fellow named Edward Clowney who wrote the story of the older brother. His younger brother was a soldier in the Vietnam War. And his younger brother was lost in action. And the older brother, at his own expense, bought a plane ticket to Vietnam. And the word got out that the brother for his younger brother the American soldiers and not even the Vietnamese soldiers would bother this guy. If they saw him, they knew that's the brother. Don't shoot the brother. He's looking for his brother. Jesus Christ is our elder brother. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the elder brother that the story's not mentioning. He comes at his own expense. At the expense of the Father. He doesn't want it for himself. He wants to go get his brother. He's coming for you. He's coming for me. Jesus is our elder brother that has come to seek and to save the lost and to find us no matter where we are. So here's how it works out. The gospel is completely different spiritually. It's not about religion. It's not about irreligion. The gospel is not about morality. It's not about immorality. It's not even halfway between the two. It's something else entirely different. The gospel says this, everyone is wrong and everyone is loved. And everyone can, is called to recognize this and to change. The elder brother's view is good people like us are what makes the world right in these bad, these bad people, they're the real problem and they're out. And the younger brothers, they believe this. No, it's the open-minded and tolerant people are, are in and the bigoted, narrow-minded people who think they have the truth, they're out. But Jesus says, oh, back up, I, I should have told you that. Jesus says this. Come on, come on, come on. The humble are in. The proud are out. This is the gospel. Don't you think that your knowing stuff gets you anywhere unless it represents the spirit and the heart and the character of Father God? 
Don't you be a, a religious, holier-than-thou person. The, you know, Jesus left this suspenseful moment. i got to close here. Jesus came back to us to lavishly, to, to bring us back to our lavishly extravagant Father God in heaven. Our elder brother has come to seek and to save the lost. I'm going to ask you, where's your heart today? Let's just lift our heads before the Lord. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord here for a moment. With all my heart, I desire to chip away at religion and get rid of it. If you have a relationship with religion, then you don't know the Lord. So we need to know the Lord. If you're caught up in the world in your mind and you don't have a lot of peace, then you need Him. Let's just pray this. Say, just pray this with me. Say, Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I turn to er from everything of my own self-righteousness, my own immoral ways, the ways in my heart that represent both of those brothers. Forgive me, Lord. I repent of being, uh, of seeking fulfillment outside of a relationship with Father God, who is merciful, who is full of comfort, and cherishes me. Ooh. Now just lift your heart in praise for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I just ask for each heart to be made, that there would be an encounter, an adjustment, a, a touch, a, a sense of quickening, something that would just shift the focus from their efforts to, their own personal efforts to embracing all of your efforts. And I ask now in Jesus' name that there would come an unprecedented peace from Father God through Jesus Christ into every heart here. Because we're living in a world that doesn't offer peace. It offers confusion and strife. And we come before you, Father God, and receive that relationship. Now, Lord, I'm asking that you would help each person take a big step forward in walking with Father God through Jesus Christ. The same spirit, same relationship Jesus had. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Hallelujah.